And welcome back to the Compass Church. Welcome everybody who's joining us online. Those of you in Naperville, South Naperville, Bolingbrook, Wheaton folks. And today I am at Antiques of Naperville, downtown Naperville in this historic building. And I am sitting by a telephone switchboard. This one is probably a hundred years old. And one of the prominent jobs of antiquity was being a switchboard operator. And one of the upsides of this otherwise tedious job was when occasionally the operator was called upon to make an international connection. Folks, it was back in 1927 that the first transatlantic phone call was made. And when it went to the public, it sold like hotcakes. There were 300,000 transatlantic phone calls made in the first year they were available. Think about it. America was a nation of immigrants. Chicago, uh, a city of immigrants. And most of the time, people were here in the States leaving grandparents back in the country of origin. In many cases, the kids born here in the States had never met their grandparents, still overseas, never dreamed that they could meet their grandparents. And then, through the marvels of technology, suddenly they're given the opportunity to talk with this relative they've never met. Well, what they would do is they would call their local switchboard operator. And they would say, hey, uh, I was wanting to talk with my grandma in uh, Norway, Italy, Greece. And that switchboard operator would say, glad to help you make that connection. And they would start making connections. And it would originally be a connection to a foreign switchboard that brought them into the country of destination. And then when they were connected to the switchboard operator in that country, then the operator would say, now I got to get connected to the little town that grandma lives in. They'd be connected to the switchboard operator in that little town. And finally, it could be quite laborious. They would be connected to grandma. The switchboard operator would say, hey, good news. I was able to establish your requested connection. Go ahead and have your phone call. Now, the switchboard operator would be required to stay on, listen, just for a few minutes to ensure that the connection was functioning properly. Can you imagine the delight as the young man said, Grandma, is that you? And Grandma, beside herself, Tommy boy, I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm talking to you. And for the first time in their lives, they would speak to one another. Oh, the power of conversation. Friends, from Grandma, Tommy would get words of love, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of perspective on life, maybe words of guidance that were needed. The beauty, the power of connecting, talking. You know what we're here to talk about? We're here to talk about connecting with God, about talking with God. Maybe right away you're saying, oh, you mean like prayer? Yeah, I mean like prayer, but think about it. Most prayer these days is a monologue. We send a message to God far away. We, we never expect to hear from him. 
And yet, biblically, according to the Bible, God desires prayer to be a dialogue, to actually hear God speak back to us. And that's what we're here to study. As we conclude our series on Samuel, a series about the birth and childhood of this magnificent prophet, the lesson we learned today is that Samuel listened and heard God speak to him. First, it was a connection that wasn't well established. He wasn't sure, is this God? Well, we'll see. It took some, some learning, but Samuel mastered the art of hearing God. And in learning from Samuel, we will grow in that specialty as well. It's time to learn together how to hear the voice of God. Just as a reminder, Samuel was adopted. He was given up by his mom and dad into the care of Eli, the high priest, at the tabernacle in the town of Shiloh. And here he was raised in this family. Remember, his two brothers were a mess spiritually. And he was trying to walk in the ways of God. And he had a defining moment, a beautiful moment, that I'm so excited to study with you. Let's take a look at the first verse of 1 Samuel 3. It says, the boy Samuel, maybe he was like 12 years old, 13 years old at this time. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Can we pause? Friends, that's a sad statement. You know, we are a people who crave to hear from God. And when we don't hear from God, when there isn't that connection where God is speaking to us, guiding us, encouraging us, loving us, that's a miserable place to be. And that's the case for God's people back in Samuel's day. In those days, the people lived with disregard for the Lord. And as a result, they didn't hear from God. The voice of God was rare. A very sad and discouraging state for the people of God. And we don't want that to be true of us. You know, there may have been a time when the, the voice of God was rare in our lives. But may we in the days ahead enjoy a growing confidence that God is speaking to us. It was rare in those days. But look at verse 3. Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant was. And then the Lord called Samuel. Here he is lying down in the tabernacle because that's where he lives with the high priest. He's near the Ark of God. And as he's lying down, he hears God call to him. Verse 5, Samuel ran to Eli and said, here I am. Uh, you called me? He assumes that that must have been his adoptive father, Eli. But Eli said, no, son, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Verse 6, again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Verse 8, a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Uh, verse 8, then Eli realized, he's a smart dude. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. 
And so Eli told Samuel, here's what we're going to do. Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Verse 9. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And a message, God, God speaks a whole message to Samuel in the sacred moment of his realization that it wasn't Eli at all. It was God speaking to him. The, the message is one of judgment on Eli. I'll give you the heart of it. It's found in verse 12. The Lord said to Samuel, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family. And so this is kind of a bittersweet moment. And in one sense, it's so exciting, if you can imagine, to hear the voice of God calling his name. Samuel, can you imagine God saying your name? Personal message. And yet it's a painful moment because God speaks to Samuel that Eli and his family are no longer going to be in charge of the priesthood. Just like the kingship descended down to the children and the grandchildren through a family lineage, so the plan was that the high priesthood would follow that same path. Eli was anticipating that for generations it would be his family leading the tabernacle. But because of the sin of his sons, God was announcing, it's not going to happen. Your family lineage is being cut off from the priesthood. Now, God had already announced this decree from another prophet in the land. We, we learned about that in chapter 2. An unnamed prophet said the same. But now God was reinforcing that message through his speaking to the boy, Samuel. You can read about this. I'll just summarize. In the morning, uh, Eli comes to Samuel and says, well, tell me what happened. Did the Lord speak? And Samuel's like, uh-huh. And Eli's, well, tell me what happened. Apparently, Eli could see the hesitancy on Samuel's face because he got a little authoritative. And he said, Samuel, tell me everything God said. Don't hold anything back. And so Samuel had the courage to spill his guts and say, it ain't good. He said, your family's been cut off from the priesthood. Now, in that moment, Eli shows his godliness and says, May the Lord do as he sees is best. And he submits in sadness but in humility to the authority of the Lord in that moment. Friends, this is a classic text about how God speaks. He spoke to Samuel and he wants to speak to each of us. You know, we know that because one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to speak, to lead in fact, it says in Romans 8, 14, that we are led by the Spirit. Uh, back in the Old Testament days, not everybody had access to the Holy Spirit, but we do in this New Testament era. God says the Holy Spirit has been given to every Christian. So if you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit. And one of the things he does in us is speak the words of God to guide us, encourage us. Uh, provide the perspective we desperately need. So we all, as believers, like Samuel, must learn to hear the voice of God. 
Friends, I'm in a journey of learning to hear the voice of God, and it has been glorious. One of the best parts of my Christian journey is hearing from God. Some of the most profound moments in my Christian journey have been because I'm hearing from God. Can I give you some examples? I've I've shown you before, if you've been a part of our church for a while, this World War II brass compass, which is one of my cherished possessions. You know, it reminds me that God speaks because, well, for one, a compass is what we use to guide us. That's why I love the name of our church, the Compass Church, because God guides us. He is the direction that we need. And so the compass reminds me of his guidance for that reason. But this compass in specific, it, it is so meaningful to me because on the day God spoke to me and called me to pastor this church. It was one of the most profound moments of my life. I had been at a church I had co-founded for 20 years. And the thought of leaving, I know this sounds extreme, but I'm telling the truth. The thought of leaving had never crossed my mind until that day. Having lunch with a friend. And he was the one who came up with the idea. I really believe God was speaking to me prophetically through my friend. He said, Jeff, the the, the former pastor of the Compass Church just quit this weekend. He says, maybe, he goes, I think you need to apply for that position and seek being the next pastor at the Compass Church. That night, friends, I couldn't shake what this friend had said. And I agonized in sleepless prayer. And as I did, the Spirit of God just said, Jeff, I've called you to the Compass Church. And I knew that night I went on eBay. (laughs) I'm a little weird. And I bought this brass compass as a memento, as a sign to me that I believed I had heard from God and was called to this church. Well, ironically, it wasn't until a year later that the search team and the elder board and then the congregation extended to me the invitation. But I had owned this baby for a year believing that I had heard from God. And in fact, I believe with greater certainty than ever that that was true. I did. So my job is based on hearing a leading from God. My marriage, you know, as a young teenager, I felt God calling me to marry my wife. Unfortunately, God didn't speak to her in the same way. And so it took me dating her eight and a half years before she was a little slow on the uptake, but she eventually got there and she heard the same leading. But I hung in there for eight and a half years because I believed this was God leading. I look at the adoption of uh, my two adopted kids and both Jen and I felt the unmistakable voice of God leading us to those adoptions. I think of the people in my small group. I really believe that God led me to ask those folks to join the group, hires that we've made here at church. I've, in many cases, felt, heard the voice of God. Friends, evangelism. Uh, the, the, The best evangelistic moments in my life where God has used me to help someone find God. I mean, remember our mission statement is helping people find and follow God. Well, when that's happened well in my life, it's been God saying, see that guy? See that gal? Go talk to them. Go have a discussion with them. Pursue building a trusted friendship. 
there. And sure enough, uh, those have been anointed journeys, sometimes resulting in their salvation. Life is exciting. When you're out on the fringe of faith, out there on a limb where it's scary and you're hearing and sensing God nudging you, to not hear from God is to miss out on the adventure of a lifetime. To hear from him can make all the difference. So let me ask you this. How do we grow? Because I'm still growing. We all need to still grow. How do we grow in hearing from God? Well, Samuel's journey, I think, lays out for us five just basic points I'd like to run through that provide a blueprint, a pathway towards growing in our capacity to hear God. The first is this, approach. You got to be close to the Lord. You got to approach him. And as I'm reminded of verses 3 and 4, it said Samuel was lying down in the house of God where the ark of God was. And then God called Samuel. Uh, he was there. He was, the, the ark of the covenant was the spot where God manifested his presence in the Old Testament. Doesn't work that way today, but that's how it did then. And so Samuel's proximity to the manifest presence of God was integral. Similarly, we need to approach the presence of God. We need to slow down and have times of prayer and Bible reading and try to have a relationship where we're connected to his presence. Those who are so busy and running through life and don't have much of a prayer life, don't have much of a scripture study life, it's going to be hard for you to hear God because you're just not pressing in to his presence. Number one, approach. Number two, listen. Obviously, Samuel is listening. But I'm, I'm marked by verse 8 when it said, Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. There, there was this message, Samuel. And it was kind of confusing as to where is this coming from? And it was Eli who first recognized, wait a minute. I think that may be the voice of God. He realized. Similarly for us, listening tends to be a realization that this thought in our head might just be from God. It's how God speaks most of the time. It's in our mind where he's placing a thought there. And if we're not listening, we don't realize that it's him. We just assume, oh, that's just a thought I made up. Well, maybe you made it up. Maybe God brought it. And so those who listen are those who seek to realize, wait a minute, is this idea from the Lord? Is this perspective? Is this guidance? Is this from God? You have to, if you're listening, you're seeking to discern what thoughts might possibly be from him. Now, step three is evaluate those thoughts. I want to remind you that it said in verse 12, the Lord said to Samuel, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke, past tense, against his family. The message Samuel got was something God had already spoke through a recognized prophet. Friends, that's important because we must evaluate what we think might be God against the previously validated spoken word of God. What, what is the spoken word of God? It's the Bible. 
And if we receive any message that's inconsistent with the Bible, that's a sign as we evaluate it. This is not from the Holy Spirit. We can have thoughts in our mind that are from us or from the devil. There's a lot of ways thoughts can get into our mind. And one of the ways we evaluate them is, is it consistent with the Word of God? I've, I've had people tell me, you know, God just told me he wants me to be happy and therefore I'm going to divorce my spouse and run away with my mistress. You know what? That's not the voice of God. It's a voice, but it's not God's voice. How do I know? Because it's inconsistent with what he teaches in the Bible. What Samuel heard had already been said by the prophet who was established and recognized as a prophet of God. It's important that we ask the question, is this idea consistent with the heart of God as revealed in Scripture, or is there a disconnect with the God we see here and what this message is? It's the main way we evaluate whether this is from God or not. Step three, obey. Remember what it said in verse 10, Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. That's so important because when he says, I'm your servant, he's implying there, I'm, I'm submissive to your authority and when you speak, I'm here to carry out your bidding. That obedient posture is essential because some people are like, oh man, how cool would it be to hear from God? So go ahead, Lord, speak. And yet we have no intent to obey him when he's calling us. And that doesn't work. God speaks to those who are submissive to his lordship and ready to obey. Are you ready to obey? That brings us to step five. Repeat. <laughs> After you've practiced hearing and obeying, do it again and again and again. Uh, remember what it said in verse 10? The Lord called as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. This is actually the fourth time God is calling Samuel. Well, what is all this Confusion on the first call, confusion on the second call, confusion on the third call. Finally, the fourth call, he gets it. it. It just shows us that God is patient and God knows that this hearing and understanding that it's him, it's a, it's a hard thing. And we must practice it, repeat it again and again. And it's only through repetition that we grow in our capacity to recognize and identify the voice of God. It's interesting, uh, you young people don't know about these old days, but as we use the telephone as an analogy, back in the old days, there was no caller ID. The phone would ring, and we'd say, hello, and the, the speaker would identify themselves if they felt it was necessary. This is Frank. Or if they were familiar and they thought we'd recognize the tone of their voice, they'd just say, hey, I was hoping to speak with whoever. And it was always awkward when, you know, the person thought you'd recognize their voice, but the truth is you didn't. And you'd have to say, can I ask who's calling? You see, language that's lost on you young people. Well, the idea was that eventually, through repetition of talking to this person on the phone, the, the tone of their voice as it sounded on the phone became recognizable. And so it is with God. At first, it's kind of hard, not sure that's you. But as the years pile up in our learning to recognize the voice of God, it really becomes, as with Samuel, oh, I'm starting to get it now. I know what God's voice sounds like. I know what it feels like. And I'm gaining confidence 
that this is him. Samuel had to learn, and so do we. It was so important for Samuel to develop that art. In the passage we studied, that was right when it got started, this learning to listen thing. It was so important for Samuel because one of Samuel's greatest responsibilities was to anoint a new king. When Samuel was an adult, Saul was anointed king, but Saul started to blow it, drifting spiritually. And God said to Samuel, Saul's done. I want you to anoint a new king. I want you to go to the house of Jesse and one of his sons. I will guide you to. He'll become the next king. So Samuel obeyed that prompting, went to Jesse's house and said, Jesse, you won't believe this. God told me one of your sons will be the new king. Can I meet your sons? And Jesse brought his oldest, this big, strong son. And it's so interesting. The passage says, 1 Samuel 16, that Samuel thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed king. Samuel had to discern thoughts in his own mind. The first thought was, I bet this is him. The second thought was God saying, it's not him. Isn't that interesting? Um, the passage says, God told Samuel he's not the one. Now, one note, nobody else heard that. This was in Samuel's mind. This was God speaking through thoughts. And even we're in, given this glimpse into Samuel's thought life. And Samuel said, no, my first thought, this has got to be the guy. That was from me. My second thought, this is not the guy. That one was from God. See how important discerning thoughts was, even for Samuel? So Jesse brings another son and says, what about this one? God says, not the guy. Next son goes through seven sons. <laughs> and every time, the, the inner sense is not the guy. This is kind of embarrassing for Samuel because he had announced, one of your sons is to be king. And now he's gone through all of them that were there. And he had to say to Jesse, ah, I don't know what to tell you. None of them you've brought me is the king. Do you have any other sons? And that's when he said, well, my youngest, he's just a boy. He's out with the sheep right now. Jesse said, bring him here. And they brought him there. And sure enough, Samuel heard God say, anoint this boy, David. He's the next king. Had, had Samuel not been good at hearing and discerning the voice of God, this crucial transition to David as king could have been lost. Friends, it is so important for the cause of God and for the beauty of our journey that we learn how to listen to God. Let's pray, shall we? God, I thank you that you are a God who speaks. We love this this promise that through your spirit, you will lead us. And God, we're all on stages, various stages of the journey of mastering this art. Would you teach each of us to discern thoughts that are from you? And would you guide us? God, speak. We will obey. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.